0: The Smash Daily Podcast, weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1, The Big Z, radio for the Riverbend. I've been around the way, I've been around the block, i got the keys to the city if the gates are locked.
1: right there hey we're about uh 50 minutes 5 50 minutes till we get to the weekend ready for it baby it's gonna be a beautiful weekend look at this man i already saw the motorcycles are going up and down the river road heading on up to grafton stopping here in alton get some lunch get some dinner whatever the case may be because it's a great place before you head on up there and get the rest of your food you know So this riverbend area is magnificent. No wonder it's like one of the top tourist attractions in the world, really, is riding the river road. Because I don't know if you've ever been on Pacific Coast Highway, which just rolls right across, you know, side by side to the ocean. Magnificent. Well, it's the same type of thing, only of a different stature. Because it's magnificent to watch the mighty Mississippi just be itself, you know. And you're on your motorcycle, Maybe you got your girl, you know, back behind you there. Got her legs all squeezing you tight on your hips and everything. So she knows that she is indeed anchored in place. And indeed, you throttle hey, uh, So it's just me remembering back in the days when I rode. Don't ride no more. Daggone, it makes me sad, man. I started thinking about, you know, back, back in those days, man, I would ride. I would ride. I used to come over. I ain't saying it's the right thing to do. I'll tell you what I did because I don't care no more. I already done it, but I used to come over here on purpose. (laughs) I used to live in Chesterfield at that time. And I would come all the way over to here, to the Illinois side, cross the uh, Alton Bridge, or uh, get on over to Belleville, or whatever the games may be, but come over to the Illinois side just to take my helmet off and ride with the wind in what hairs I had left. Just blowing in in what hairs I had left. Fantastic. That's just me. Like the Little River Band, just reminiscent. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Ah, those were great days. Let's talk uh, Let's talk Presidential. <laughs> things I love, I ain't talking about, uh, you know, I'm voting for him or nothing like that, but I love Trump and the way he nicknames everybody. It's like, it's like funny, but it's rude too. It's rude, but, you know, that's the way to do this. Sometimes you need a guy like that, to tell you the truth, because uh, sometimes sweetness don't work. I come to find that out in my life, but I ain't saying I'm Trump. But I love the way he nicknamed. Nicknames, everybody. Now he's got the nickname Sleepy Joe. And he's got the mad woman. <laughs> Kamala Harris. Uh, I have put together a little tape. A little tape. They don't use tape no more. Smash. Come on, man. I put together a little recording of uh, some of the nicknames. And I come to find as I kept on, on reading that this ain't even near all the nicknames that he's nicknamed everybody. But I, I kind of like nickname everybody, you know. Like Automatic. His real name is Tommy Jones, I think. I don't even know what his real name is. But Automatic. There's a nickname right there. Every guy in the smash band. I don't even know their names, but I knew their nicknames. You know? This is my man. Big Willie Cha-Cha. Mighty Mark Youth. So I'm figuring his name was Mark. And then, uh, of course, you got uh, Cousin Fong. Rich Will Fong. I do remember that. Everybody got named, man. Huh? Trump does the same type of thing.
2: They are nicknames designed to do more than just Nick an opponent. Lion Ted, Lion
3: Ted. What's your name?
2: My name's Lion Ted Cruz. From Lion Ted to low energy Jeb to... Little Marco. Donald Trump even revels in misspelling them. How would you spell that? L-Y-E-N. Lion. So
3: I'm looking at Little Marco and I say, man, there's something happening with him. And he's like melting. Rocket man is on a suicide mission for himself. I have to be honest, these people that I'm dealing with are the worst people. Well, we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. They call her Pocahontas. Oh, she's as crooked as they come, folks. Just take a look. Crooked Hillary Clinton. We're gonna get rid of that crooked woman. She's a crooked woman. She's a very, very dishonest woman. I don't respond to Donald Trump and his string of
2: insults. She's been crooked from the beginning. He can say whatever he wants to say about me. Crooked Hillary Clinton. I really could care less. Trump suggested a nickname for himself when the candidates were asked what they'd like their Secret Service name to be. Humble. (laughs) Actually, the Secret Service ended up codenaming Trump mogul. Mogul has been the target of nicknaming retaliation from Ted Cruz.
0: Donald wakes up at night in cold sweats (laughs) that people will call him the losing Donald.
2: And on Monday, Hillary went on a radio show that bestows donkey of the day dishonorable mention. Hillary nominated Trump. I think he's the donkey of the decade. Of course, the nickname for Donald is the Donald. Where'd that come from? His first wife, Ivana, born in Czechoslovakia, called him The Donald as she was learning English. It turns out that Donald's ancestors changed the family name to Trump, and when John Oliver heard the original name, well, everything old is new again. And this is true, Drumpf. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Hats off to nicknames. Donald Trump. Genimo. CNN, New York. I have to be honest.
3: These people
1: that I'm dealing with are the worst people. Drumpf. I had forgotten about Donald uh, Trump's name was Drumpf. At least from the uh, way back when in his family's ancestry. Ah, uh, pretty nutty. But you know the crazy part about it is, and this is politics, is those same people. I ain't talking about Hillary now. But those same people on the Republican side, they're all his buddies. Now they're backing him. Now they may be phony buddies, Because that's politics. They're all these buddies now. They were adversarial prior to that in the debates and all that kind of stuff. Just like uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. I will tell you the crazy part right there. Everybody's crybabying on her. Her name is Kamala, like the uh, punctuation, uh, comma, and a law. Kamala. Joe Biden introduced her as Kamala. (laughs) So (laughs) what are you going to do? It's crazed. It was really crazed to see these guys going at each other and then down the line at a particular time, an opportune time or whatever time, they're, they're bad-mouthing each other. Just now they're friends. Now they're running together, president and vice president. Of course, everybody knows this uh, about Trump as far as uh, his naming of Joe Biden is concerned.
3: Like, we need help to beat Sleepy Joe Biden? I don't think so.
1: I tell you what, man. When he called him Sleepy Joe, that was kind of like, because Biden is, is, I don't know if he's like a heavyweight dude when it comes time and the bell rings and you're in the ring and you got to punch it out because he's laid low and laid kind of calm and everything. I mean, it's almost like, like I said, he took drama lessons to understand, you know, how to pump it up or bring it back down, wherever the case may be. So Sleepy Joe, he's got all kinds of other names for for Joe Biden, and those, I tell you, the next two and a half months should be a magnificent show. Now, he's on, you know, to naming Kamala Harris. I was a little
3: surprised that he picked her. I've been watching her for a long time, and. I was a little surprised. She was extraordinarily nasty, nasty to a level that was just uh, a horrible thing the way she was, the way she treated now Justice Kavanaugh, and I won't forget that soon. I thought she was the meanest, uh, the, the most horrible, most disrespectful of anybody in the U.S. Senate. She's also known, from what I understand, as being just about the most liberal person in the U.S. Senate. And I would have thought that Biden would have tried to stay away from that a little bit. I would
1: have thought he would have gone a different way. Mean, nasty, and the name calling is just beginning. But he called her a liberal. He called her a liberal? Oh, my goodness not a liberal uh so anyway anyway let the jousting begin this is going to be some kind of fun over all this this time here but you know they they ask people how they feel about trump i mean it's come to the end of his uh four years at least uh at least this tenure i don't know if he's gonna you know get another four years you know, Biden and Harris do look formidable, and they indeed do have a major amount of backing when you, Joe Biden, can announce your presidential, vice presidential running mate, and in the 24 hours afterwards, make $26 million in campaign contributions in a day. Woo! That is ferocious, man. So it's going to be interesting because they're going to have the backing. Don't even worry about it. They're going to have the backing. And, of course, Trump's going to be Trump, and uh, it'll be showtime. It'll be fantastic. I wish they'd get to it, to tell you the truth. I know they're kind of getting to it, but we should have had this stuff start up like half a year ago at least. Ah, but if anyone's to indeed describe what anyone's like, well, you got to go to the children, Jimmy Kimmel set out uh, his girl on the street, and she asked what they thought about Trump.
2: How do you think Trump has done in office? Great. What do you think he's done that's so great? To save the world. He saved the world? From what? From harmony. (laughs) Donald Trump has done a good job as president? No. Why not? Um, because he wants to put a wall over Mexico, and I, like, love going to Mexico. What's the first thing you think of when I say Donald Trump? Small fingers <laughs> and orange face. What's the worst thing he's done? Um, uh, I think he needs to stop threatening uh, North Korea. Why? Because I don't want to get nuked. (laughs) Do you think he's smart? No. Why not? He treats people badly, and that's why I don't think he's smart. What's one nice thing you can say about Donald Trump? He has kind of cool hair, I think. He has cool hair? Whose hair is cooler? His or yours? Mine. Can you do an impression of him? It's going to be great. We are going to build a wall, and it will be huge. I will build a wall, a big one. China, China, China. Donald Trump has a lot of nicknames for people like Crooked Hillary, Rocket Man. Do you have a nickname for him? Um, Poop Face. <laughs> Mr. Tiny Hands. Uh, Cheeto. Can you do an impression of the president for us?
0: You're fired! <laughs>
1: Well, I'm thinking to myself, you know, nothing worse than breathing. Something for the longest time that winds up making it hard for you to breathe. That's what asbestos will do. Mold and mildew, that'll mess up your your lungs. That's breathing. So you got to get rid of that stuff. So I turn you on to environmental resources. You have Abram Henson come on out give you a free estimate, no obligation, it'll let you know. You got this much asbestos floating in the air. You got asbestos here, up in the pipework, behind the walls, whatever it is, you need to get rid of it. I mean, you know, the, the houses, the buildings back then, that's what they used. And a lot of those houses and buildings are what you see here in the river bend. And we can modernize them. And one of the ways you modernize them is get rid of that old crap that's messing things up. In the form of your health, all right, and that's asbestos floating in the air. You can't, you can't even see it, but it's there. You see the dust of it and everything sometimes. The worst, and then a mold and mildew. Man, I once was in this uh, in this apartment, and we didn't know. And we started, you know, you know, just one day we happened to look in our daughter's room. And up in the top right-hand corner, right by the ceiling where the ceiling and, and the other wall boards meet and everything, black dots started to form. So we thought, well, I told the, the owner, they came. We moved uh, the kid, uh, you know, her stuff all out and everything. They came, pulled that stuff out. And what's back there? Nothing but the black and blue, the mold and the mildew. Man, you find that stuff, you don't want none of that. Especially if you're doing a remodeling project and you, let's say you you put a new tile in the bathroom, whatever your new bathroom is going to be, and you open it up and there's all that. You got to get rid of it. You got to get rid of it in the right way. And the guys who do that is environmental resources. Their phone number is 618-471-9119. 618-471-9119. They're over there in, in, in Wood River. And they're good people, clean people, come in, take care of the job, clean up afterwards, and they will dump all that crap in the crap dumpery way far away from here, all right? But the main thing is you got to call. You say, well, Smash, I don't know. I don't see anything floating. Well, of course not. The damage is being done. Just find out it's free. 618-471-9119. Here are the Rolling Stones. Those horns in the background—that's the way you employ that instrument. Magnifico, the Rolling Stones right there. What was the year? I think it's like 1989. So the Rolling Stones—they're getting ready to do their Steel Wheels tour because that's when the album was re- uh, released, uh, right about now. And it was this week, in fact. They go to this small nightclub. I think it's in New Haven, Connecticut. Seven hundred people. And Rolling Stones show up, and they just jump on the instrumentation that is already there. The band that's already there lets them sit right in, and boom, they do the Steel Wheels album, and then the tour begins thereafter. Can you imagine something like that happening? That would be magnificent. Boy, I tell you what, I remember seeing I've seen Rolling Stones four or five times. But the first time I ever saw the Rolling Stones, was on a show in the Indianapolis Coliseum. Big howdy to all my, phones, uh, my, my friends over there in Naptown. I don't even think they call it Naptown anymore. I've been gone for so long. But, uh, that's what it was called when I was uh, living there. Oh, hold on for a second. You ever seen one of these chairs? Like, you know, they just got that kind of cloth that just grabs you and don't let you go? Man, sheesh. Well, maybe, you know, maybe it's me. Because I've seen it in old folks. As they're getting older, their rear, the rear ends flatten, and you think it makes for a better seat, but it doesn't because the flatness doesn't allow the padding that you once had in a more vibrant age, shall we say. But, hey, glad to be alive. So, see the Rolling Stones, Indianapolis Coliseum. Roy Head opened up the show. He had a big hit back then called Treat to Right. And they were followed. Roy Head was followed. By the Beach Boys. They opened up for the Rolling Stone. But the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson couldn't make it. For some reason, we didn't know. I didn't even know who Brian Wilson was back then, to tell you the truth, but that was the big deal going through the crowd, was that one of the Beach Boys won there. It was Brian Wilson. So, they introduce the guy who took his place. First time I'd ever seen him. What was this, 1964, 65, something like that. And, uh, Beach Boys. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to introduce you to a guy who's filling in with us right now while uh, Brian takes some time off. Glenn Campbell. So here's this dude, Glenn Campbell. He looks like one of the Beach Boys anyhow because he had that nice blonde hair and everything. And uh, Glenn Campbell's up there. And Glenn Campbell was ferocious on guitar. That guy's a guitar player. And he could hit some high notes. Holy mackerel. He's singing all the Beach Boys songs. And then the Rolling Stones, come on. Oh, it was magnificent. It was the Rolling Stones, you know. It was just them, the five-piece. And back then they were saying they, meaning the press, they, meaning parents. Because back then it was parents versus rock and roll. Because the rock and roll was new to the parents who had grown up listening to the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra or Perry Como and Dean Martin and, you know, Vic Damone and all them kind of singers and all that. So anyway, the Rolling Stones were portrayed as being Satan's angels. They are of Satan, the Rolling Stones. Oh, we dug the music. That's all we were there for. But Mick Jagger, for some reason, said something that pissed the crowd off, all right? So now, back then, they didn't have plastic cups. They didn't have plastic bottles. They had glass, full bottles of glass and Coca-Cola and all that. And so he said something. And people were breaking up chairs and throwing wood at him up on on the stage and bottles at him and everything. He moves over to my side. I'm like 10, maybe 12 rows back, something like that. And I'm looking at him. And he sits on the stage in the lotus position, you know, when you do that yoga stuff and your legs are crossed like that. Just sitting there. And he wasn't even doing nothing. He wasn't even singing. But the band was playing. And the bottles kept flying. And the wood kept flying. They were throwing it at Mick Jagger. And nothing touched him. (laughs) It was spectacular. That's when I came to dig the cat. Because he had what uh, nowadays they call bolts. So, bravo to him. Hey, just looking at a few things, at least musically and or not musically, that happened on on this particular week. The Chinese in 1917 declared war. When did this happen? I I don't even know that. I studied world history for the major part of my life. The Chinese declared war on Germany and Austria during World War I. I had no idea. Would that have made them then an ally of ours? I guess so. The Chinese, they, they're they not going to let Germany over in China. I don't think J- Germany even want to be in China. But, you know, they had world domination on their mind and everything. Huh. That was the first. Uh, the newly opened Indianapolis Motor Speedway held its first event a series of motorcycle races, this week, 1909. Now, what is it, next week? This weekend, I was talking with Doug Jenkins. He is a motor racing nut. And he said the Indianapolis 500 is getting ready to be run. I think it's next weekend because they're doing the quals this weekend and everything, you know. And so now all these years later, what is that, 1909, so let's call it 10. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 2000. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 110, 120 years? How many years is that? 110 years later. The Indianapolis 500 is roaring. Ain't going to be no people in the stands, though, but roaring nonetheless. And you know how they call it? The greatest spectacle in sports? greatest spectacle in motor racing? It is. I was used to uh, go and either hang out or we'd be broadcasting, but we'd be in the infield. And this is before they put the uh, golf course in there. Uh, there's an area called the Snake Pit, and the Snake Pit was filled with rabble rousers from all over the Indianapolis area, from all over the Midwest. Really, it was almost like Sturgis, only crazier, because these people were nuts and they were digging. Holes in the ground (laughs) and having ramps to jump over holes and everything, and had motorcycle contests and all that. It was magnificent. Cops didn't stop anybody. Oh, it's magnificent. Oh, can I tell you a story? I got a good one. So I'm broadcasting. I think it's for WNAP. I work for two stations in Indianapolis. WNAP and KISS 99. And WNAP, I had me a little, my first motorcycle was a Yamaha. I can't remember what that was. I can't remember. It was a 250 or something like that. Anyway, so I have this Yamaha and I'm riding around. I'm thinking I'm somebody. I'm on a motorcycle. And back then we had cassette decks that we could carry with us, strap over the shoulder. And a microphone would come out of the cassette deck and you could interview people. And so I, during the thing called the Mini 500, and this is where runners would run from the circle, downtown Indianapolis, all the way over to the motor speedway. And they would run. So I thought I'd broadcast and that way I could play my tapes next Monday on my show. And so I would Ride very, very slow. And I would hold the mic in one hand, the handlebar in the other. Dangerous like nobody's business. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I was interviewing people. And then got done, right? So now we're at just right on the edge of the grounds of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It said, everybody go straight across here over to the finish line. Well, I'm on my motorcycle. I thought to myself, you know what? I may never get a chance like this again. So I veered off to the right, went into the third, went straight up the half straightaway into the third turn, into the fourth turn, and then come on across, across the brick area, which is the finish line. And I mean, they were chasing me like nobody's business. And so I got suspended for like three days and all that. But. I got to ride the Indianapolis Raceway. I'm not a troublemaker, but daggone it, man, when else would I have ever had that opportunity? Plus, they didn't have no cars around. They weren't going to chase me down. What are they going to do? Ram me into the wall or something like that? I think I was doing like about 110 miles an hour, scared out of my ass, but I was cool. Back then, they didn't make, make us wear helmets or nothing like that. So I had some hair back then. And it was by the time I got done, I was like, uh, what was the name of that guy? Who, uh, Fabio. I was like Fabio, man. I, you know, the hair was like blazing. In. I was like Fabio before he got struck in the face by that bird on the uh, Ferris wheel, wherever he was. But that was me. I was Fabio. I was Smashio, all right? right? <laughs> because of the wind in my hair. All of a sudden, I'm reminiscing. I tell you why. It's because the weekend's coming up. We're going to get you the weekend in just a moment here. But just some uh, 500 stories right there. I love the Indianapolis 500. I went the year that Rick Mears won, and man, what a race that was because it was catching up. He was catching up. He was catching up. He wins. It was magnificent, and I had seats right there in the first turn. That was good. That's the first time I ever sat in the seats because I was always in the infield because I didn't have money for the seats. Got money for, some, uh, for the seats as a going away president because I was leaving that summer to move to Washington, D.C., so a friend gave me seats, and uh, it was magnificent. See what else is going on. Oh, I should have played this, man. 1965, the McCoys, they released their hit song, Hang On, Sloopy. Sloopy, hang on. Now, the McCoys were out of, and I can't remember what city, in Indiana. The Zaringer brothers. Rick Zeringer, Of course, he changed his name to Rick Derringer. Randy Z. That was his brother on drums, I think it was. And I can't remember the other guy's name. But we played the same clubs as they did. Because right there at the Indiana-Ohio state line, you could go from Indiana where you had to be 21 to drink beer across the Ohio state line. And you could get at age of 18 what they called near beer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And... All the kids would go across the line to get near beer. I think it was like two-thirds, uh, two-thirds water, one-third beer, something like that. But it's called near beer. And McCoys used to play uh, their family band, the Zerringers, like I said. We used to play. We'd take our bands to those little nightclubs right across the Indiana-Ohio State line onto the Ohio State side. It was a magnificent era, to say the least, because everybody was there on the Friday and Saturday nights. To get that near beer and parting with the bands, no problem whatsoever. Hey, I'll never forget when this started up. I'm just looking at the stuff here, real quick. It's just nice easy going. In 1980, I remember when this started up, man. It was like a big deal. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA, was incorporated. And then, of course, they got big because the ethical treatment of animals means you don't beat the animals, you don't chop up the animals for food and all that kind of stuff. Ain't no do that stuff to the animals. And I, I remember, boy, what a controversy that was, because they used to you know picket places and everything, and then they'd get in fights with other people who disagreed with them, and it was a tough time, but bravo to them for persevering and standing firm on what they do, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Let me look and see whose birthday it is, man. I tell you what I enjoy this thing. Hold on for a second. it's Friday Day gone is casual, all right? Well, they call it Casual Friday because they let you wear jeans to the office. Mila Kunis. And she married What's his name? What's his name? Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher, I think it is. She married him, I think. She's 37 years old today. Are you kidding me? 37. Hallie Berry. Oh, man. Remember her in Monsters Ball? I mean, that was a movie every dude was waiting for. No, not to see Billy Bob Thornton, to see Halle Berry. What is her age? 54, 5'4", Halle Berry, as far as uh, that is concerned. I continue here. Come on, paper. Isn't it terrible when the paper is, like, stuck together? And then you whip your fingers and that. That's on the- Magic Johnson, man, 61 years old. Well, I tell you what, remember that scare that uh, he had and really kind of society got put through when he announced that uh, he had AIDS? But I tell you what, he lived it right. 61 years old now. Bravo, my man. One more page and I'll leave you alone. Larry Graham. I don't know if you know who Larry Graham is. Larry Graham is 74 years old. Larry Graham, I'd have to say, for me at least, is one of the top five bass players of all time. He's really kind of like one of the first dudes, if not the first dude, to put that clank in the bass and everything, you know. Larry Graham used to play for Sly and the Family Stone. I'm going to add some bottom so that the dancers are just ain't high. He's the one who did that part. Larry Graham, man, that's the first time I'd ever seen, I went to see Larry Graham, his band, when he was away from Sly and the Family Stone, his band was called Graham Central Station. and it's the first time I'd ever seen pyrotechnics used uh, by a black band because black bands back then were thought to be, you know, like soul bands, like Temptations, Four Tops and all that. But these boys here rocked with Reckless Abandon, Larry Graham, Graham Central Station. 74 years old, and I tell you one of the great things about Larry Graham was that Prince, Prince in his latter days, took up with Larry Graham and brought, brought Larry Graham's career back and had Larry Graham playing on a lot of his albums, a lot of his music, a lot of his live concerts and everything. Salute to Prince. I got a story for everybody today, but I don't, I don't get it. Steve Martin... Is 75. Now, one of my best friends, Terry Barnes, he lived in Beverly Hills, and, but we're from Indianapolis. He lived in Beverly Hills, and his backyard touched the backyard of Steve Martin's backyard. So, in other words, the front of the house was facing the opposite directions, but the backyards were touching, they had a fence. We would go every day and just kind of like peer over the fence, sneaking over the fence, see if we'd see Steve Martin. We'd never see him. But uh, that's my Steve Steve Martin story right there. And then David Crosby, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. David Crosby, 79 years old. Buffalo Springfield. Man, I tell you what, that dude's responsible for a whole lot of fantastic music. If not responsible for it, definitely – by being a part of it. There's so many birthdays going on right there. Uh oh, one watching the time. It's ten till six. Weekends getting ready to come on. There's
2: no place. Like...
1: <laughs> this is Les Paul and Mary Ford. Les Paul died on this date, 94 years of age. Listen to their guitar playing. Pick and then she'd pick. And they pick together. wife so.
0: <laughs> with your wife's cold feet in the middle of your back there's no place like
1: home that's Paul and Mary Ford right there that's Paul that's the way on this date A few years back he was 94 years old get you the weekend coming up next year on smash daily Six foot one way in
0: <laughs> no 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 <laughs>
1: five cranking out the jams and running his route everybody knew he didn't play no crap the smash the smash big bad smash.
0: smash 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 digging the smash 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 dig the smash 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 I'm digging the smash smash smash, smash. dig the smash smash smash, smash. smash, smash. smash, smash.
1: I'll take them all. One right after the other. I love Mr. Donut. Hey, Smash with you here. Gonna head on out. Gonna leave you with one of the greatest songs in the history of weekend songs here. Catch you on Monday as is always. Got a great bunch of everything for you all weekend long here at WBGZ and check out the best mix of the greatest hits of the 60s and 70s on our sister station, My Mix 94.3 over this weekend. Have yourself a good one, whatever that one happens to be. Until Monday, I'm G O H N Gone. So gone, I was not even here. Have yourself a great weekend. Be careful riding that river road on your motorcycles. Enjoy the family. Enjoy whatever masked friends you can. It's a weekend. That is it. You've been digging the smash, smash daily style, for as long as you was able to tune in today. Performance time, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 o'clock, right here on WBGZ 107.1 FM, the big Z. So until the next time, I am G-O-H-N gone. So gone, I was not even here. So have yourself a good one, no matter what that one Happens to be Smash Smash I'm smash, the, the smash 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 dig the smash 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 I'm digging the smash
0: smash smash dig the smash 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 I'm digging the smash 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 dig the smash smash smash